Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sports book that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash locked on for 300% back on your first play. It is Thursday, June 10th, and it's the podcast episode nobody wants to record, and that is the one detailing how the Bruins were eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's right, the Bruins fell 6-2 to the New York Islanders on Wednesday, uh, losing their second round series in six games. We'll get to all that here in a moment, but before we do, a quick reminder that we will continue to do daily podcasts for the time being, at least through the remainder of the playoffs. So please do hit that subscribe button uh, so that you don't miss any episodes. Uh, whatever podcast app you use, each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. There's going to be a lot of Bruins talk and content coming up, so you're not going to want to miss what could be a very busy and eventful off season. Um, if you are on Twitter, you can follow the podcast at LO Boston Bruins. On Instagram, it's Locked On Bruins, and you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. Now let's get into last night's loss, shall we? After you know months of challenges, adversity, uh, COVID break for the Bruins, uh, injuries, they were eliminated by the New York Islanders with a 6-2 loss in Game 6 at Nassau Coliseum. This was a Bruins team that played very well down the stretch post-trade deadline. Uh, They eliminated the Washington Capitals in five games. And for me, the expectation was that they would at least come out of the East Division. When you look at the other divisions and see who remains... Uh, specifically Tampa Bay and whoever wins out of Vegas and Colorado. Um, Those three teams, I would say, are yeah just straight up better than the Bruins. They're deeper. And Boston would have been very uh, in tough against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the next round. Let's just say that. But it would have been nice to have had a shot, and I believe they yeah very well could have should have beaten the New York Islanders in this series. Uh, Brad Marchand said, It's disappointing. We expected a longer run in this room. We thought we had a group that could go really deep this year. It came down to a couple breaks. They capitalized on a few opportunities that they got. We didn't on the other end. There's some games that we really outplayed them and came up short, but that's the playoffs. Brad Marchand was the only Bruin who scored in this game. Two power play goals including a game-tying goal that made it 1-1 late in the first period. But, of course, it wasn't nearly enough as the Islanders scored three times in the second and then added two empty netters in the third to close out the second-round series with their third straight win over the Bruins. Uh, There were a couple pretty egregious turnovers in this one. Uh, One by Matt Grizzlick 
who allowed a breakaway the other way. And then uh, there was a play where Tuka Rask tried to pass it out. Um, that didn't work out. Uh, Matt Grizzlick with another turnover right in front of the net. Cal Palmieri, not his strongest game uh, by any means, but uh, the Bruins certainly didn't do themselves any favors with mismanaged pucks in uh, the second period for sure. Bruce Cassidy said tonight, let's face it, we mismanaged pucks. You don't want to call them gifts, but that was on us to manage the puck better in those situations. I don't think the period mattered in this instance. The Islanders have been a very strong second period team. In this case, it was just the Bruins not managing the puck well enough to beat a team that pressures the puck well. They were able to win when they didn't have their A game, said Cassidy. Kind of looking back at the series, there were a couple games, the Bruins, Game 2, Game 5, that uh, they probably, yeah, outplayed the Islanders, but the Islanders found a way to win. Give them credit. That's what it's all about this time of year. Doesn't have to be pretty. I thought they were more opportunistic than us. One of the big stories heading into Game 6 was the health status of Tuka Rask. He did get the call for the elimination game, but acknowledged post-game that he had not been playing at 100% for quite some time. He didn't reveal the extent of the injury that hampered him during the playoffs, but he did say it's possible he may need off-season surgery. He said it's not getting easier, but you battle, you try to maintain your health as good as possible. You take those days off for treatment, but you play every other day, and the more physical it gets, it doesn't get easier. The training staff did a great job keeping me out there playing, and we tried our best. Cassidy uh, said there was constant communication between Rask and the coaching staff, and that despite not being at full strength, the netminder felt good enough to get the job done. He did have an injury earlier in the year that he was dealing with, Kind of one of those nagging ones that the medical team will assess at the end of the year, the coach said. A lot of guys have gone through it in the playoffs. He was healthy enough to play. Again, they talked to him on a daily basis. Uh, It was deemed that he was ready to go. Both parties were very upfront with each other. Uh, He did have time to heal in the middle of the year. Uh, Not really time in the playoffs to rest, when, uh, especially with the compressed schedule. But the communication, he said, was excellent. He's our starting goalie, and he told us he was ready to go, and that's that. Rask did post a 919 save percentage over the course of the postseason, although there was a massive drop-off from one series to the next. Against the Capitals, he had a 941 save percentage. Islanders, that dropped to 897, so... Yeah, I don't know. I still think it was the right call to go to Rask for this game. He's your number one goalie. Uh, It would have been a very tough spot for Swayman to come in and try to stave off elimination, especially with the way the Bruins were playing in front of Rask on this night. Uh, I'm not saying he is immune from criticism in this one, but there were some pretty heinous turnovers that led to Islanders' goals in this game. Overall, the Bruins did have a... Uh, shot attempt advantage, 65-54 in this one. Expected goals, slight advantage, 3.15 to 3.01. Shots uh, were 29-25 in favor of the Islanders, but the Bruins did have more 
scoring chances and high danger chances. Didn't really feel like that in this game. Uh, and again, the Bruins kind of failed by their own mismanagement of the puck, uh, to be quite honest. That was the difference in this game. Uh, full credit to the Islanders. They did play a tenacious game. They're very well coached. Uh, they're very aggressive on the forecheck. They take advantage of their opportunities. Uh, I will not be rooting for them moving forward. Um, should mention that egregious uh, hit by Kyle Palmieri on Charlie McAvoy after the whistle that seemed to really uh, affect McAvoy. I can't believe that wasn't called. I don't want to rehash the whole um, officiating fiasco, but that was uh, pretty ridiculous, and uh, I can't believe that wasn't called. Now the Bruins, of course, were playing with uh, Jared Tenorti on defense. They were missing some key players. Um, Cassidy said he did not believe that Carlo, Brandon Carlo, would have played in a potential Game 7. He was injured on a hit from Cal Clutterbuck earlier in the series, a clean hit. Uh, Kevin Miller was skating and had an opportunity to play. We'll never know, so I don't want to speculate. That's what Cassidy said, and speak for Kevin, but he was trending well that if we were able to get to Game 7, he had an opportunity to play. Uh Patrice Bergeron acknowledged those two guys were valuable pieces of the defense. That's no secret. Great players that play a heavy game and lots of minutes. That being said, the guys that came in did a great job and stepped up, uh, being Connor Clifton, uh, Jared Tenorti. And we obviously believed in everyone that came into the lineup to do the job. But yeah, every time you're missing some key players, it hurts you a little bit. And the Bruins certainly were affected by those injuries on the back end not using that as, as an excuse but it's just uh just a fact before we start looking ahead let's talk for a moment about stat hero do you know that 85 percent of people who play daily fantasy sports lose is it really that surprising the game is rigged against you you're playing against thousands of other lineups not to mention experts who have more tools and more time you don't stand a chance but introducing stat hero it's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineup and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name the stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. Go to stathero.com slash lockdown, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash lockdown. That's stathero.com slash lockdown. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started, and you can grow your wealth the easy way by letting Wealthfront do the work for you. Again, to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. 
Now, obviously, with the season done, there's going to be a lot of questions about uh, the future of this club. The core group is getting older. Rask and David Krejci are set to become unrestricted free agents this summer. Uh, Bergeron and Marchand both lamented after the loss how disappointing it was to fall short as the chances to hoist another Stanley Cup pass by. Bergeron said it does weigh on us. The core is getting older one year to the next. It's disappointing that way that you have a good team, you have opportunities, and you know they don't come that often, especially later in your career. You want to make the most of it. Take it a year at a time and see what happens. Uh, Tuka Rask also uh, lamented the fact that these guys are getting older and there are so many kicks at the can uh, that you get, so to speak. Krejci, Bergeron, both 35. Marchand's 33. Um, Of course, Rask himself is 34. Now, I would argue that the core has already begun to erode, obviously. Zidane Chara is no longer here. Tori Krug was allowed to walk as a free agent last summer. Uh, those were two big pieces to the core of this team, and they, uh, I wouldn't say, were adequately replaced uh, You know, in the locker room, what they bring on and off the ice. Um, you know, the plan coming into the season was to give Jeremy Lozon, Jacobs Borrell, more ice time, uh, see what they have in those guys. Uh, Zborl wasn't able to play much in the postseason. Lozon had ups and downs. And so the Bruins kind of ended up being exactly what they th- we thought they would be, uh, a team that had issues on the back end and uh, with depth scoring issues. Uh, the first line... Stepped up huge in the playoffs. Pasternak had 15 points in 11 games, 7 goals, 8 assists. Uh, Marchand had 8 goals, 4 assists for 12 points. McAvoy also had 12 points in 11 games. Uh, Bergeron and Krejci each had 9 points. And then you had a bit of a drop-off to the secondary scoring guys. Hall only managed 5 points through 11 games, 3 goals, 2 assists. I believe he only had one goal in the Islanders series, and that came uh, via an empty net. Uh, Craig Smith, uh, he was injured, missed one game. He managed two goals, three assists for five points. Uh, Matt Grizzlick, only four points. Uh, Nick Ritchie, Mike Riley with four as well. And then you had uh, guys like Charlie Coyle, Jake DeBrusque, uh, score two goals and add an assist apiece. And then, uh, you know, the bottom of the lineup guys providing really no offense. One assist between the fourth line of Lazar, Corrali, and Wagner. Not that they're counted on to bring point production, but, uh, you know, not very strong efforts from them. So the Bruins, again, a very top-heavy team, an elite team when it comes to high-end talent, but at the same time, uh, the secondary scoring issues came home to roost once again, and the defensive depth was greatly tested and, uh, you know, didn't really come through. Uh, The series loss, for me, really, really hurts. It sucks. The Bruins, like I said, had the look of a team that could at least come out of the East 
And again, they're only going to get so many opportunities. Rask said, again, we're all getting older. We're not going to last forever. It's definitely closing at some point, the window for sure. We have great leadership, great veteran guys. We try to build a new team every year and come together. I thought we accomplished that pretty good this year. Uh, and again, the tone was kind of set in the offseason with the decisions to, you know, re-sign Kevin Miller uh, instead of visiting Ochara, uh, allowing Chara and Krug to walk, uh, bringing Craig Smith. He was a valuable addition. The second line of Smith, Krejci, and Hall was fantastic at times. Kind of dropped off against a tougher defensive team in the New York Islanders. And, uh, you know, scoring from the third and fourth lines was virtually non-existent. There are some questions to be answered about roster composition for next year, beginning with uh, whether Rask and Krejci will be back, if they can resign Taylor Hall, who will be scooped up in the expansion draft, uh, what younger guys are able to step up and make regular contributions, like a Trent Frederick or a Jack Stadnika, uh, what's going to happen with... You know, well, we can get into all this later on. This is, of course, a daily podcast. We have lots of time to break all of this down. But for now, yeah, just very disappointing that the Bruins weren't able to get it done against a a beatable New York Islanders team. In my mind, the Bruins outplayed the Islanders, I thought, for much of this series. And it's very disappointing that they weren't able to... Uh, come out of the East Division. There's no other really way to say it. At the end of the day, the Islanders were able to take advantage of their opportunities, uh, took advantage of some Bruins turnovers, uh, created offense where the Bruins could not, and also were able to give their goaltender uh, better support as well. And having you know guys healthy certainly helped them as well, although... You know, don't forget, they have been playing without Anders Lee, their captain. Uh, That's a big hole for them that they were able to fill. And, uh, you know, credit to Barry Trotz and the Islanders for for just continuing to belie expectations and uh, get the job done. They're back in the conference finals for the second year in a row. Uh, I don't like their chances against Tampa and um, probably, let's be honest, won't be watching because it's just uh, too hard to see another team in there when you think your team should be there or could have been there at the very least. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to RockAuto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, delivered directly to your door. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Their prices are always reliably low and the same for pros as well as do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. So in the end, it was a very up and down season for the Boston Bruins. Um, And of course, we're going to take some time here on the podcast to kind of dissect all of that, 
but mostly look ahead at what's next, what needs to be done to add to the roster, fix the roster, whether or not they're on the brink of a full-on rebuild, or whether or not they can keep this uh, window open for a couple more years. Like I said, the podcast will remain daily for the time being, so we will be breaking down all the latest uh, news and notes from the Boston Bruins, beginning with, um, you know, whenever they have their exit meetings and postseason Zooms uh, to expansion draft coverage, the actual draft uh, signings, trades that come up. Uh, It's going to be a relatively quick turnaround for, um, you know, training camp seeing as the Stanley Cup is generally awarded around now we still have a couple rounds of the playoffs and then uh, it'll be a condensed offseason with a view to a full 82 game season for 2021-2022. I know we're all disappointed but I just wanted to thank everybody for the support over the past few months. The growth on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast has been uh, remarkable. I really do appreciate everyone who listens on a regular or even semi-regular basis, uh, subscribing, downloading, interacting on social media. It really goes a long way to growing the podcast, and I have really enjoyed getting to know a bunch of you uh, who have reached out and to grow this little corner of Bruins uh, fandom. I know it's not necessarily, you know, as hardcore or as hot takey as some might like. I try to take a logical, rational approach to this team um, and have some fun covering them as well. And uh, yeah, I know we're all disappointed after the loss last night, but there will be no shortage of Bruins topics to discuss in the off season, and I hope that you will continue to listen as I try to break it all down. Uh, let's end with some news and notes from around the NHL. The Norris Trophy finalists were named on uh, Wednesday ahead of Game 6. They were Victor Hedman, uh, Kale McCarr, and Adam Fox. Uh, Charlie McAvoy not on the list, which was a bit of a bummer. I thought he played at least better than Victor Hedman this season. That's kind of a reputation uh, call there, I believe. And uh, I'm sure he will get his due, you know, sooner than later, hopefully as early as next season. There were some controversial statements from Winnipeg yesterday as Jet Center Mark Shifley still doesn't believe he deserved a four-game suspension for charging Montreal Canadiens forward Jake Evans during their second-round series. He said, I thought I was going to be tried to be shut down by Canadian center Philip Deneau. Instead, it was the Department of Player Safety that shut me down. Actually, it was you yourself who shut yourself down by uh, making a stupid play. Uh, Speaking of Evans, he has resumed off-ice training after suffering a concussion. No timeline for his return as the Canadians await the winner of Vegas and Colorado. Um, You know, looking ahead, I would think that the winner of Vegas, Colorado and Tampa Bay would give us the best possible Stanley Cup final. Like I said, I'm kind of rooting for the Canadians just because they are the underdogs and because I really enjoy Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, among other players. A lot of people called me out on that saying it's pretty sacrilege, but 
Uh, there's a, also a bunch of Bruins fans I've seen this morning kind of say the same thing. Obviously, we're not rooting for the Islanders. Uh, I don't want Tampa Bay to win. Uh, kind of indifferent on Vegas, Colorado. Uh, if one of those teams, I mean, when one of those teams beats the Canadians, probably root for them in the final. But, um, yeah, it'd be cool if, if Montreal can can pull it off. I think they're they're a fun team, whether you like it or not. Um yeah, just objectively, they're pretty fun. Anyways, that is it for today's uh, you know post-elimination episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Again, thank you so much for continuing to listen. I really do appreciate the support. And uh, tonight, I'm going to drown my sorrows by getting pumped for the Mayor of Easttown finale, which I have yet to watch. We're on that episode now. Watch Loki. Prior to Game 6, very entertaining. I'm really a huge fan of Owen Wilson. I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing his Mobius character developed uh, in the MCU. And uh, what else? Yeah, that's pretty much it, I guess. Maybe watch uh, that F1 show as well. That is pretty entertaining on uh, Netflix. For now, just going to yeah, get on with the day, listen to some sad music, stare out the window, and uh, hope for a good offseason for the Boston Bruins uh, after a disappointing end to the season. Thanks so much for listening, friends. We'll get through this together, and uh, happy Thursday.